0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Soccer from the Zoo's Kansas City Soccer Update. I'm Kyle Pennell and we are in the midst of an international break, at least on the men's side. Sporting Kansas City last played this last Friday, but for the past week or almost a week, it has been all U.S. men's national team. And if you're a sporting Kansas City fan, a little bit of Daniel Shallowy with Hungary. As well. So, on the men's club side for sporting, not a whole heck of a lot to go over. I will go over that game against LAFC for KCNWSL. A 0 0 draw against the North Carolina Courage. Considering what result these two teams played to just a few weeks ago in Cary, North Carolina, it was a big step forward. So, I got some audio from that. I plan to talk about a whole heck of a lot on today's show. And, and yeah, I guess I'll get started with Sporting Kansas City and we'll get going with the table. Uh, Sporting is now sitting in third place in the Western Conference on 40 points, but you got to take it with a little bit of context here. They are just one point below Colorado and, and which or who are in second place and two points behind the Seattle Sounders. The Seattle Sounders recently dropping points to all three points at home. The Portland, a big result for Sporting Kansas City considering they also dropped two points at home to the Portland Timbers. So yeah, sporting's right in the thick of the Western conference playoff race. They're probably too far back and a little too inconsistent to be in true contention for the shield. It looks like the new England revolution have that wrapped up. As I mentioned a week ago, I think they're just so far ahead of everyone else in major league soccer right now. It's not even funny. Such a good team. I mean, they just sold Tejon Buch- uh, Buchanan Uh, The Canadian international who was on the pitch in Nashville just last night when I'm recording this, which was Sunday night. He now plays for Club Bruges. So New England's having a great season. They're probably clear, um, clear cut favorites by this point to take home the shield. But Sporting Kansas City is right up there in the West playoffs looking pretty likely, at least at the moment. Now the L.A. Galaxy are sitting behind them, Uh, just three points behind them, I believe. Uh, or four points because Sporting Kansas City at 40. The Galaxy are sitting on 36 points, so they are their closest competitors right now. Um, but Sporting, of course, still in good position. Honestly, the only thing, if you're worrying about anything, just race and form, you're looking at what was a pretty ugly 4 nothing loss. I'll go over in a second. In Los Angeles against LAFC. Uh, and a few draws at home, you have that draw against Colorado, the draw against the Portland Timbers, Draw on the road against Minnesota United. Lots of draws. Haven't been a lot of wins recently for Sporting Kansas City. Um, but that's about where they're at right now. So they had such a good start to the season that while it's a little concerning, nothing too much to panic about there as far as the standings go. Now looking at that LAFC game, uh, just an opposite opposite game of the last time Sporting Kansas City visited um, uh, LA to play LAFC and uh, at Bank of California Stadium. Uh, it was 4 1 last time. This time it's 4 0 in favor of the hosts. Uh, kicked off by uh, Mamadou Fall, who had a brace for LAFC. Uh, his first goal came courtesy of a corner kick, a header at the back post service coming in from Brian Rodriguez. That was the first of two headed goals that Mamadou Fall finish with in the game to put uh, laFC up two to nothing a little later and then the big story of this game just another week, another red card for Sporting Kansas City um, going down to 10 men against Minnesota United in a nil nil draw. but of course that's not going to happen every single week and you see kind of the downsides of playing with 10 men or a man down in LA and it was at that point I think the game still won nothing at that point where things started to get away. From sporting and by the time all was said and done, the ensuing free kick um, was headed in by fall. That was Roger Espinosa who picked up the red just for losing the ball in in his defensive third and then trying to win it back. He got uh, or he stepped on the heel, I believe, or the foot of an LAFC player. Uh, I I do want to share some audio from what Peter Vermees said after the game. On on that, so yeah, 61st minute, uh, Mamadou Fall uh, just getting in between. Actually, I don't. Yeah, he it was a header, but he was getting between Johnny Russell and Elié Sanchez. Just really poor defending, uh just near the goal, just being allowed an, an unmarked run, really, and running between defenders and able to head the ball into the back of the net. Uh, Christian um, Arengo put LAFC up in the 71st minute. And, and at that point, it's really Ilya just defending on an island one on like four and, and just kind of in transition a little bit, just passing the ball around and, until it was turned into the back of the net uh, for what was pretty much a tap in. nothing to could do about it. Three nothing pretty much game. And then um, at uh sealed the game a little later with a converted penalty kick. You look at this game and the final score, of course, was ugly. Um, not what you want if you're Peter Vermees. Uh, but Sporting Kansas City still had four shots on target out of nine, and they did dominate possession, but they were never truly dangerous with the ball. It was LAFC taking advantage of their moments. Sporting Kansas City just couldn't capitalize on, on theirs, and that's been a trend recently. Having some good moments, and you can argue about the calls and the refereeing in the past few games. There's been a lot of not really isolated examples anymore. But, but it's been frustrating for everyone on the team with Peter Vermees. You can hear some of that frustration. Again, I do want to share some audio about that a little later. But if you're Kansas City, you got to start picking up points. And LAFC is a hard place to play. Um, it, it's more harmful to be drawing those games at home against Portland, against Colorado, but not where anyone wants to be. Um, and then, of course, going down the 10 men never helps. Uh, the other thing for supporting Kansas City Jose Maori made his Sporting Kansas City debut in midfield. Um, he was at or Peter Vermes was asked a little bit about that after the game. And so was Ilya. Ilya said it was fun to play alongside him and to see what he was able to do. And then uh, Peter Vermes talked about it not being the most ideal situation to play him in. But just because where the team is at, as far as call ups, of course, you have Daniel Shallowee with Hungary um, and, and all of that going on that. Uh, he really had no choice. Some injuries as well, um, but to start to start, um, Maori. So at the end of the day, Sporting Kansas City fell for nothing. Really, one of those results you get on that plane back to Kansas City, and you forget about, um, especially with games coming up this weekend and then a midweek game against Minnesota United. So looking and now getting to the audio, I was talking about. Peter Vermees was not happy about the officiating and it's really been a trend from the last few games. And he has some good reasons um, that he he definitely says. I mean, he gave like a four or five minute answer, pretty much one of like only three questions asked in this press conference because Peter Vermees is obviously really passionate about it. I mean, at this point, um, I, I already talked last week about the lack of respect that this team feels like it has and there's signs of that. Um, but now it just seems like there's an incident in every game with a red card or a, or a call, and Ramiz was over it. Um, you can kind of tell that in the answer he gave. Um, and, and even for as frustrating, frustrated as he gets or as he seems, uh, he does know that nothing will change.
1: But in these circumstances, week after week, it's just incredibly frustrating. And the players, the players every week have, have to deal with the same thing. It's, it's just, it's, I, 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 I don't have any words anymore, and I do I have a ton of words. I, I but I say these things all the time, and it goes nowhere. And no, it seems that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to anyone about how the game looks. And, and I and I I find that incredibly, incredibly uh, disappointing. Disappointing as a soccer person, as a person in the game, as a person that loves the game, that wants to see good. Just I want to see a good game. I want to see two teams playing playing fast. I want to see them doing doing what fans come to watch.
0: Vermees put it well, they're doing what fans come to watch. There's been so many moments playing down a man, some some calls, some are legitimate reds, others, I mean, Vermees has his right to argue them. And, and Espinoza, yes, he did step on the heel of a player, but then you kind of get down to the argument of intent. And that's just kind of a, a hard thing to decipher when all is said and done. And, and again, that was a part of like a four or five minute answer uh, where you could really just tell. That he's reached his boiling point. I think another portion of that answer was him just literally explaining to anyone who would listen what what these yellow card offenses are and giving them in spectacular detail. Um, so if you can go and listen to the full Peter Vermeer's availability, I think it's out somewhere on um, the sport. Sporting Kansas City has it out somewhere. I just don't think I can get away with playing five minutes of it on this episode. Uh, the other thing Peter Vermees talked about was just how the team played. Was it a matter of playing too fast? I mean, or playing too slow, I should say. It definitely was not about playing too fast, as as far as putting a little more pressure on LAFC, even with Sporting Kansas City being being on the road, and um, that's hard to do in LA to to be on top of LAFC. And once everything started to go downhill for Sporting Kansas City, I mean, soccer is a game of momentum, and you can really tell. That it started to slip away, especially with that red card being down to ten men. I mean, at the end of the day, you burn the tapes. It just wasn't Sporting Kansas City's night. I,
1: mean, I thought we could have been a lot faster with the ball. I think at times we were slow, um, but you know, there's, there's 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 different things. I mean, um, I actually thought that uh, you know, at the end, I would I would never put um, someone like Jose in, in his first game like that with such little time, but. Right now we're down so many players. We had to. I thought he actually did okay um, in the game. Uh, I think he has he has good ideas. I think he's he's got he's got good ideas, and I think he has good understanding of the position. Um, it's just a, it's just a shame that you know the game had to had to had to be the way it was uh, for many reasons. But um, at the end, um, you know, we didn't have enough.
0: Sporting Kansas City now has a pretty interesting game coming up at home against the Chicago Fire. One of Sporting Kansas City's two cross-conference matchups of the season. The first one, or one of three, I believe, actually, um, with, uh, I I know the New York Red Bulls uh, were at least one of those games. um, and, And now Chicago, the Chicago Fire, come to town. And at this point, it's probably a must win. I mean, Chicago currently sitting in 11th. In the Western Conference, and it's a pretty close to a must win game. I mean, Sporting Kansas City don't need the points, but they need some momentum. And going into a midweek game where one, anything can happen in a midweek game, but especially against a team like Minnesota United, who have had Sporting Kansas City's number for a while now. Fans obviously remember what happened last year in the playoffs when Minnesota United came to town. So you don't want to be relying on having to pick up points on Wednesday. That means this home game against the Chicago Fire, against an Eastern Conference foe, yes, they don't count as much as far as it's not a six-point swing with another Western Conference team picking up three points or even one point, but it's a win you should have if you're sporting Kansas City. If you're going to compete for MLS Cup, you need to be able to win these types of games, especially at home, and they're going to have the chance to do it. That's going to be on that game that's on September 11th at Children's Mercy Park and uh Elie sanchez addressed just the recent str- uh rough stretch of games um after the strong start to the season and addressed some things that the team can be doing going forward to to be able to bounce back to be ready by the time minnesota comes to town and continuing on with with the season especially uh with international players returning and another sprint toward toward the playoffs
2: Well, the best thing that um we know uh, and the fastest way to change this is uh, next training session uh, come with the right attitude uh, try to be better and um, there's no secret Um, I think this team has a very clear game model Um, we have very good players for this league and um, yeah uh, we're not happy. This is our worst um, straight uh, in the season. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, four games without a win um, is not acceptable for this team. Um, at least we don't accept uh, this happening, and I guarantee you that uh, we will uh, change this uh, from next training session and uh, looking uh, forward to next game at home.
0: Now moving on to KCNWSL, where again, they picked up a pretty impressive result against the North Carolina Courage. And, and to be honest, if you're neutral watching this game, you can't really tell who, which team was second in the West or not in the West, second in the league coming into the night and which team was at the bottom of the table. KCNWSL just put together that good of a performance. Now you look at the table to start things off. They're still in 10th and last. And again, like last week. That's mainly due to the situation they've put themselves early in the season, just not really picking up a win at all for for months. um, As fans are well aware, they are currently six points back of racing Louisville. Uh, Just that slow start to the season cost them. And and now it's trying to build forward to build momentum, bring in players. I mean, it's an organization that's passionate about what it wants to do on and off the field that knows it has a fan base um, to play for and and to get important results for. And and now you just really think about the future. You look at recent moves, you bring in Adriana French from Portland again. I mean, I talked about it last week, but that's that's a winning organization move to bring in a solid goalkeeper to take advantage of the NWSL expansion draft and, and what teams can and cannot do just little moves like that eventually add up. And while it may be painful to watch right now, who knows with what you're looking at in, in a couple of seasons or even even next season with just the amount of competition. And NW, NWSL is one of its calling cards. And each week, any team can beat anybody. And and you saw that even, even in a 0-0 draw, how how impressive that was against North Carolina. And again, this was a game that was 4-0 in carry North Carolina. And just for Casey to hold him to a clean sheet... I mean, even if it wasn't the most exciting games, that's an impressive point. And, and you look at is AD French the difference here? Or she had a good game in net, but the team, the play style, just seems more coherent. Um, more I mean, it's going to take some time, especially uh, with the roster Hugh Williams was um, tasked uh, tasked with coming into the regular season. You you see a little bit of the highs and lows, but this is this is definitely. Uh, a moment of highs and, and you look like I was saying, coming into this conversation, you couldn't tell if you were neutral, which team was in second and which team was in it. And last, you can just look at the stats in the box score. You look Casey outshot North Carolina, 26 to nine, and they put nine shots on target while retaining 54% of the possession. That does not sound like a team that's sitting back bunkering Praying to God that North Carolina doesn't find a way to score here um, and, and letting North Carolina dictate action. They didn't do that. And that was that's what makes this result even more impressive that Kansas City went out and at least tried to play its game. They tried to be the dominant side and frankly were. And, and while they didn't put a goal or a ball into the back of the net, you can work with that for your offense. What's very impressive, even more so than the zero zero and the clean sheet is just how dominant I mean 26 to 9 the statistics are crazy North Carolina does not get beat around like that very very often so again great by Kansas City uh, with the draw after the game I mean Hugh Williams gave his initial thought on the on the performance and he had a glowing review for well the whole team but especially the midfield which I mean watching the game wasn't really bossed around at all they held Hell Strong went toe-to-toe with the courage.
3: Clearly, we would like to score more goals, but credit to AD in the first half came up big with a one-on-one save. Uh, In midfield, I thought we completed all the tasks and assignments that we had, and that was managed by Desi Scott, who had one of the better games for us today. Desi was unbelievable picking up every single loose ball there was to be picked up. uh, I thought a midfield in general did did very well. And um, up top, we still created chances. We need to put some of those away, but it's not easy at this level for sure. Um, But that's the next step of our evolution here. If we can be competitive with all these top teams, which we're getting there, um, it's definitely a step
0: and how Hugh Williams put it uh, an evolution taking steps toward towards the goal it's going for the future and and the first few months of the season were ugly but you just got to continue to build in an NWSL um, that's getting even more competitive by the year of course you introduce San Diego um, Angel City FC and on all those programs coming in or all those clubs coming in i mean you got to find ways to differenti- differentiate yourself find some ways to win games, to build at least build an identity. And that's what the goal of the season should be for Hugh Williams. I mean, you're not gonna probably compete for a playoff spot. So at this point, build that identity that you can go with and into the future. And and you heard him talk about Desiree Scott in the midfield. Again, the midfield had such a great game, but Scott just made her hundredth career NWSL appearance. Uh, she is the second Canadian to reach that benchmark. I'm assuming. That the first is Christine Sinclair. Um, I'm almost 100% sure of that unless it's a different name. I just did not look a whole heck of a lot into that. Um, but but very impressive. And, and and after the game, she talked a, a little bit about um, home field advantage for Casey. Um, Desiree Scott did uh, how for better or worse, all these results. I mean, they've come at home. They, they've come in Kansas city and there's a little bit of an advantage in that just winning home games in front of the home, home fans. While they can't really pick up results on the road right now. She talked about what it's been like to play and, and pick up results in front of the supporters who have really propelled this team for this year.
3: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just the fan support, you know, it's been sort of an up and down kind of season, but they're showing up week in week out to come and support this spot. And I think we truly do play for our fans and for the city and, you know, the crowd, when you hear the drums, you hear the roar of the, the energy that they bring. I think it just raises our level and, and we want to perform for our fans and for ourselves um, and just make them proud, make ourselves proud. So it's just something about being at home and that energy that really culminates here at this legends field.
0: So, yeah, obviously Kansas city excited anytime they get to play at home, picking up some results. Um, it's been exciting Past month, really, for them, and just trying to build on that. And again, I'm just going to go back to it. I mean, Hugh Williams talked about his team's playing style, really. And if you were watching the game as a neutral, you wouldn't be able to tell who's at the bottom and who is at the top of of the league. And he did give a good answer to being asked about that.
3: I think we were on the front foot the whole game today. Not once did we get into a shell and said, okay, we're playing the team that's in second place, we're playing these national team players. We took the game to them today, and and a lot of this game was all about winning loose balls and the balls that are bouncing in between. We changed some players' positions today. We looked at some players, you know, part of the challenge that I have as a coach is to win now. You know, it's nothing, anything other than that would go totally against everything that I believe in.
0: Kansas City will be going into a pretty lengthy break with a solid result. You really couldn't ask for a better way. I mean, I guess a win as well, of course. But to go into a long uh, long break, I should say, it is September 6th when I am recording this episode. Their next game is on September 26th. That's pretty much three weeks until they travel to Washington, D.C. for a 4 p.m. game against the Washington Spirit. But I mean... If you're Hugh Williams, you saw a lot of things that could be improved upon. Like you've seen most of the season or all of the season. But but you've also seen so, some positive signs, some recent clean sheets, Adriana France doing well between the sticks. Um, there's been some positive aspects of your Kansas City, and you feel like you have some things to fix, you feel like you have some things to feel good about. I mean, there are worse places to be. They have their first few wins, they've been picking up some points. Slowly but surely they've been they've been um a, a team that's given others headaches and, and and now they just go and go into this break preparing to come back and pick up right where where they left off. And so I guess for me, that's where I'll leave it Um, this week. Sporting Kansas City have more of a busy weekend. They play or they host the Chicago Fire and then host Minnesota United. That's going to be. Saturday night I believe and Wednesday night again KCNW so don't play again until they play against the Washington Spirit in DC on September 26 so that'll do it for me thank you as always for listening to the Kansas City Soccer Update a reminder that if you want to hear just more expansive soccer talk from all over the world be sure to tune in the KCOU 88.1 FM in mid-Missouri Or anywhere in the country on KCOU.FM. I have um, soccer from the zoo going between 9 and 10 a.m. Thursday mornings. A lot of exciting things to discuss this week. The U.S. men's national team and what they've been doing or not been doing in their first World Cup qualifying window. In those first two games against El Salvador and Canada. Um, Talking about Europe and what's been going on over there um, so yeah a lot of everything be sure to check that out and if not it's in the same podcast feed um, I believe that you find soccer from the zoo in or just look it up uh, soccer from the zoo um, I should say Kansas City uh, soccer update so it should be relatively easy to find definitely I definitely tweeted it out uh, be sure to follow soccer from the zoo at soccer at the zoo that is z-o-u um enjoy this this week of soccer last little bit of international play um if you watch the united states men's national team good luck i'm sure i'll have some different ways to be breaking breaking that down but uh, until next week um enjoy enjoy all the soccer